Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition. It is Divisional Weekend in the NFL for the Sunday card here on Sports Country Radio, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts for the best weekend of football that you can get. The best teams in the league are playing this weekend. Eight best. It is the finale. It is drama of the highest order coming off of a week that had even more drama than we had previously thought. It's a wild time to be an NFL football fan, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Zampano, Chris Raza, the Ice Man, Matty C. Matt Silberth. Ice season has started, hockey season, so he is also locked into that. Rangers, not so good of a start. And, of course, the producer, Louis Paracone, is here. Lemon, pepper, woo, love it. Uh, Lewis, real quick, before I get everybody else involved, Robert Sala, hired as Jets coach. What do you think? Very excited. He brings a lot of energy. Hopefully uh, gets our defense back to where it used to be. I think of the old Rex Ryan teams. And uh, mm-hmm. hopeful. I'm hopeful. We'll see. It all depends what we do in the draft, though, Dan. Those Rex Ryan teams were playing for chances to get in the big game, you remember. That's a big step. Big step coming forward. Okay. Chris Raza, welcome, my friend. The best kicker of the week, and that is not saying much. <laughs> I was say, it's not <laughs> saying we too had much. A bad week. This uh, week. You know, we all I, did. I was just saying before we we started recording. I was like, you know, I was going into that Sunday night game, like, oh well, the Steelers, they they take care of business. I'll go five hundred on the week. <laughs> then, boy, if literally from the first snap that went downhill. Uh, I was literally laughing to myself as to how just hysterical that game was in that first quarter was. But you know what? We we got some really good games at least, and that's all you can ask for. Shades of Super Bowl 40, 43, 49, 48. That 50. was the one. That, or, uh, which, it was the Seahawks-Broncos. That's what no, I remember. Yeah, that was 48, yeah. Number. yeah. Didn't, but didn't uh, in 50, didn't yeah. Carolina have like a fumbled snap? Not, not like that. I mean, that was, that was like from the first play, just like Peyton Manning, right, Matt? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that might rub some feathers. Listen, if anybody had the weekend of weekends, Matty Ice with these prop bets were incredible. And I just want to mention one because it was probably the worst loss on a prop bet. Matt, Jimmy Graham at the end deserves to be knifed in the scrotum. I mean, that was so... (laughs) (laughs) egregiously bad what you had on Sunday. I mean, anybody else that thought they had a bad beat, the only people that I want to hear bad beats from are anybody else that had the Jimmy Graham uh, under-receiving yards prop. I mean, (laughs) you you had to figure um, that they had to move the ball on the Saints. They got it. So they haven't been using Jimmy Graham as much. So you go, oh, Jimmy Graham under, this should be great. And he wasn't involved all game. He had zero catches. All game, he gets one catch on the second-to-last play of the drive, and I said, okay, there is no way that they go to this guy again. And then here they go, 25 yards down the seam. A 25-year-old Jimmy Graham reaches up with one hand like he's playing for the Saints of the Superdome like he always had been, and he hauls in, and he walks out the tunnel. And, I mean, just a double bad beat for anybody that had that. And then if you had the Bears at the best number you could have got at 11 and a half, and they don't kick the field goal, to then get you your, your cover and your hook, you had a bad day. And then oh. and that, that bled right into 
the Steelers game that Chris was talking about that we were all saying again how 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 did the Steelers how did the Steelers not win this one so uh after getting tortured by me and you Dan waiting on the Bears to try and come back we didn't have the good number but uh the drop ball in the end zone end zone by Mims the losing on the Jimmy Graham oh, under yeah. uh and then right into the Sunday night ass kicking um yeah we're ready for we're ready for the divisional round i think that's it just last week went just how the season's going it's just another freaking week in the nfl (laughs) i can imagine it was bad it was it was just torturesome did you also have cole Komet uh receiving yards as well or i had that over so i had oh my god one on the under one on the over that Uh, was insanity that so instead of going to Komet, it went to graham double loser that is insane that is, I've never even heard of anything like that. That is, that is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I feel like we just, last week, we should have saw everything that happened coming. I, I, I really think that. Should have seen the Browns coming. I think we got, I think we got confused and we got manipulated by the jerseys. If the Browns were the Steelers and the Steelers were the Browns, that would have been so normal for that to happen. It, even the whole year for what happened to the Steelers. It was a Browns thing. Steelers are eleven and zero and lose five of the last six and losing the first round of the playoffs. That is a Browns thing if I've ever heard it. I mean, it, it just it's it's. I think we got confused and I think we got manipulated by what color the jerseys wear. I think that Colts game. I mean, I, I think we should have seen that coming. Bills first home playoff game. You, you, you think hyped up, hyped up. I think first home playoff game in twenty five years. It's going to be some jitters, and Frank Reich's a great coach. Like We, we should have known that that was going to be within the number. Um, we nailed, we nailed uh, Washington. I mean, I, I know we had an eight on the show, but I, I can consider that a win for us because the mo- I mean, we waited. Most of us had an eight and a half, nine, ten. I had, I had both eight and a half and nine. Um, I mean, that was absolutely – Taylor Heineke. I mean, that Ball guy – Balls. I mean, that guy was nailed. That fired me the f up about Taylor Heineke. Diving for the pylon. Oh, that was an awesome. Man, that was just glorious. And he went toe to toe with Brady. I mean, that was awesome. That was so good. So, so many good things that happened from Wildcard. We can go ahead, Matt, real quick. You know what? I, I'm most mad about the Rams again. I just, I just, I just think that the Seahawks haven't been playing their best football down the stretch. They really haven't been, and. We just kind of knew like the McVeigh usually has that coaching matchup and just not believing in their defense. Their defense was so good. Jalen Ramsey put the clamps on DK Metcalf and, and and they just they took it to him. Even with and then Goff having to come in the game with Wolford, the whole thing were getting absolutely knocked out. Um I, I just I'm so that's the one I'm really most mad about last week. And like you said, being obvious, like uh, I just feel like we overlooked that. That was the well, game. With the under that that game hurt me watching that after that first quarter being what three to three, yeah, and then they're just gonna they just explode for all these like pointless points in the second half. <laughs> that Seattle, I mean, there, there's Seattle right there. Don't score any points in the first three quarters, and bang, there you go. I mean, that's a Seattle game for you. It happened last week with Maddie in Week 17 with the 49ers. I mean, mm-hmm. it was literally the same exact game. Um, but that's a great transition, Matthew, because. The Rams are playing first on Saturday afternoon, 4.30, and they go to Green Bay. And the MVP, the bad man of Aaron Rodgers, in Lambeau Field, six-and-a-half-point favorites. I got to tell you, I'm surprised at how big 
a couple of these lines are in this game. I really did not think that, that the Packers were going to be that big of favorites against the Rams. I'm also very surprised in the Kansas City number. But I think that this game in particular, it's down to 45 and a half. It's been bet down on the under, screaming down on the under. Um, this is a very interesting game because it's now at six and a half, and it's almost like it's almost like I feel like the books are begging you to take the Packers. I, I really feel that way. I, with the six and a half, trying to get the hook, like, yeah, you get the hook. Like, it's great. You know? And I feel like somebody might know something, and I'm getting nervous about this game. So somebody give me a read. Let's start with Chris. I'm, I'm going Joe Public. I'm, I'm, I'm all on the Packers. You know me, rule number 12. Cannot bet against Aaron Rodgers, especially at home. I have some, some fun little tidbit numbers here I got from ESPN. They, they had a fun little article just with betting little nuggets on each game. Since wildcard weekend was added, teams that had an outright upset win are 25-35-1 against the spread in divisional round. Aaron Rodgers, 6-0 against the spread against the Rams. Jared Goff, 0-2 against the spread in below freezing with zero touchdowns and five interceptions. We're talking about weather in this game. Not as big a factor, but the temperature should be hovering around the upper 20s once we get to kickoff. It's a high of 35 for the day, but then gets down to 25 at night, so it's going to be a little chilly there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And also, you got to figure Jared Goff and Aaron Donald are not going to be about 100% in this game. Aaron Donald, I believe, has a couple of rib issues and then I just can't imagine Jared Goff still at his maximum capacity. So I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Minus six and a half and Aaron Rodgers. He had a week off to prepare. And I I, I think this is kind of after that big emotional upset win over the Seahawks. This is when the Rams come back down to earth. Well, remember, this game doesn't kick off at night. It kicks off at 3.30. And there is still at the central time. So there is still potential for snow to be in the area. They're saying 50%. Wind is going to be whipping 10 to 15 miles an hour. I think there definitely could be some weather issues in Lambeau, Matt. I think that this could be uh, – and typically, like we said, golf not, is not great in these big weather situations. As little games as we have seen him, but is it more about the hand and the thumb than it is about the weather? Yeah, I mean that's a huge concern having having his pins and his thumb, and he you could tell like last week he obviously wasn't comfortable throwing the ball. That's why he wasn't starting the game. It was supposed to be Walford knocked out in the first quarter, and he had to come in. Um, but you got to think that the, the the extra cold at Lambeau, your those your thumb is just going to be cramping. You're not going to be able to feel and grip the ball as much. Um, and and we're definitely seeing um, you know Chris said the Joe Public side the bets the bets right now sixty um, percent of the uh, the bets are on the Packers. 40% of the money on the Rams. And Dan, I think that you I, you called it as well, where I think that this line opened at seven. Sharps took the touchdown. They're going to take that number seven. Um, and I think, you know, not necessarily saying that all Sharps trend betters, but one of, one of the trends I have here written down, divisional road dogs versus the number one seed, um, number one seeds in the playoffs. Um, divisional road dogs against the spread are 22-11-1. Um, it's a 67% clip against the spread. Um and this is, you know, that's that's a, a touchdown in the NFL. It's hard not to take that in general. So those two things combined, people are taking the the Rams, and I think I'm going to have to decide with that, you know, with that one as well. I just think that their game plan for this is going to be, and you have to remember too, we've got McVay versus Lafleur from the coaching tree of McVay. Right. We've got a coaching tree mm-hmm. matchup here. Um, a lot of similarities. People are going to know. So it's going to be a matter of who's going to change their tendencies more. I think there's going to be a lot of that, and I sometimes I worry about that, but I think McVay is pretty pretty good at that. I think he's going to be able to change his tendencies enough. 
Obviously, they're going to want to run the ball in this game. That's where the Packers are weak on defense. Um, their corners are pretty good. Jair Alexander is phenomenal. Um, but I think that they're going to want to run the ball. Obviously, keep it out of Jared's bad thumb. Um, and it's going to be a slow game for me. I think that this is going to be an under game. Um, I was leaning towards maybe taking the under in here, but I am going to take the seven points with the Rams. Um, I just think it's going to be, um, you know, we'll say an X factor here. The X factor is Jalen Ramsey on, yep. on Devontae Adams. Got to slow down Devontae Adams. Um, the Rams are the number one defense against deep passes to the right side, which is just, you know, where the number one receiver typically plays. So it's because that's Jalen Ramsey's side of the field. They are number one in the league against deep passes, which is what the Packers like to do. So I think the Packers won't be able to move the ball downfield as fast. Um, I think the Rams keep it close. So I'm going to take the seven points. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that at this point in the year, um, look, we know what teams are. Jalen Ramsey I think you're right on with that. It's it's going to be the most talked about matchup, Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams. I mean, is that how they play it? How does Brandon Staley want to play this game? What is he willing to give up? Is he willing to give up passing with Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. I, I And I think the Rams are one of the few teams that can get to Aaron Rodgers. I, I think they're the one with four guys. I don't think they necessarily need to blitz a ton to be able to do that. Uh, Leonard Floyd has been, you know, lights out. I think he's been obviously the amount of pressure and the amount of quarterback sacks he has uh, the last few weeks. I mean, that's a that's a huge factor. And without Bakhtiari, remember he's not playing in this game. That, that's pro a, Bowl that's, left tackle, right? At, completely out. All pro uh, is is out. I mean, that's that's a concern for me for Green Bay. I think specifically to counter Brandon Staley putting Ramsey on Adams. These secondary guys are good, man. They're really good with the Rams. Really, really good. I think to counter that, I, I actually think the Packers run the ball a lot more in this game than you think. I think Aaron Jones is a big X factor in this game. Uh, if he is successful, the Packers are going to be successful. Um, I don't know how close this game will be. I do think the Packers will win this game. I think they will find a way to win regardless. Below freezing temperatures. We talked about that with Jared Goff, right? He's 0-2. He's He's uh, uh, one and one. He's 0 2 against the spread uh, with five interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, since Jared Goff has been in the league, 2016, Aaron Rodgers is 10 and 0 in those games with 26 touchdowns and one interception. Case in point. They're both running the same offense. One has Aaron Rodgers, one does not. However, I'm going Rams. I think the Rams, I think the Rams do cover. I think the Rams cover at. Six and a half, even I'll, if, if you want to take seven, fine. I would take seven, obviously. And I think that number will probably hit seven by Sunday. So I would wait. But I, I think that I think that even at six and a half, I will take the Rams reluctantly. I think that they just have enough defensively to keep this game close and be able to run the football, especially on the Packers, who have been great against the run, by the way, the last few weeks. I mean, the way they played Derrick Henry, David Montgomery, I mean, they, they, they really did a job on that. Again, Goff the factor. I just got. I, I got to think that the Rams here have enough, at least in the tank, from McVeigh. I think you make a great point, Matt. McVeigh's the guy. McVeigh changes his tendencies. I think they can at least. They could win the game. I don't think they do. I think they keep it close at six and a half. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I like you know if I'm putting a teaser together this week, I love the Packers and a teaser. I think that's great to get them down to you know a half a point or so, whatever you can get. Um, and, and and again. I think just public perception of the Packers right now, it, it couldn't be higher for the Packers and lower for the Rams. I mean, people are just, people are loving the way, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, MVP. 
um, you know, just uh, make great season. Um, and I just think people are really just kind of dismissing the Rams and not crediting how good their defense is. They are the number one. They've been the number one defense in the league all year. They're incredible. Even, you know, so that's why, again, it's like focus on Jared Goff, but I don't think that that's the problem. I think, I think it's going to be, they're going to feed those running backs and they're going to slow the game down um, and they're going to do what they can. It also helps that they got a pick six last week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Wilson. That helps doesn't well. turn the ball over, but I mean, that's, I, I, that's my thing is like, they have to, they have to find a way to find, to get a turnover in this game. They can get a turnover, especially on the Packers side of the field. That will make it feel a lot better about the situation. There's no question. All right, let's move to the next game here. Uh, this I think Saturday has the better games. To be quite honest, I just think that I think that as great as that Brady Breeze game is going to be, I, I think Saturday has the better games, uh, the better matchups. Uh, Rams Packers, and then you go to Buffalo and you get Ravens Bills, and this is not a matchup that you see a lot. But again, just like Titans Titans Ravens last week was a badass matchup. This matchup's awesome. I mean, just awesome. Bills coming off the squeaker win, I would say, against the Colts, uh, getting a couple of uh, breaks there. The referees giving them a few, uh, a few helps. I, I, that referee in that game was nuts. I mean, the, the end of that game was just so weird. But um, with the Ravens, the Ravens found a way to come back. We talked about the Ravens. They're not really built to come back on teams, and they found a way to do it. Down 10, and, and, and what happened? I think the key factors in this game with the Ravens and the Bills is their quarterback stepped up for them last week. Their quarterback specifically had the games that they needed to play in clutch situations. The Bills were horrible in the first half. The Ravens were horrible in the first quarter. Who gets off to the better start? I think that plays into a factor in this game because I don't know if either team comes back on the other. I'm interested in that. Bills are minus 2.5 right now. On the number, the over-under is 49.5. Maddie C., what do you see? In this game, yeah, I love that point you made. I, I think that the, the the first quarter in this game is going to be huge because again, I just think that what, whichever team is going to be able to feel like they can get in a rhythm is going to be able to control this game. Um, obviously, let's we'll bring up. Uh, I think the reason the Saturday games are better is we get weather, like you said, Green Bay. Obviously, and then we're going to Buffalo, so we're got we're off of off of Lake Erie, up in Buffalo. We're expecting you know this is the night game, so we're expecting you know high of thirty five during the day. It'll be probably down to down to the 20s, the mid-20s by then, um, 35 to 45% chance of snow I'm seeing with 14-mile-an-hour winds. So that, that is massive for the match for this game. Obviously, um, it, it's going to be – these two teams have have some pretty elite offenses, and, and what Josh Allen's been able to do and just being just a weapon of all sorts, um, I think he's going to be – I don't want to say the quarterback's kind of the X factor in this one, but I think it is because – Right now, the strength of the Baltimore Ravens, as good as they're running the ball, I think it's their defense. Their defense has been playing out of their minds. They've been flying around. They're totally healthy with uh, Judon and Campbell and the corners. Marcus Peters is, is questionable for this game, um, so we'll have to see if he plays. But Jimmy Smith's been he um, healthy. Um, yeah, Dan, of course he's going to play. You're right, uh, Marcus Peters. Um, and uh, and then you got the, the Beasley's looking to play for the, for the Bills side on offense. Um and obviously, you know, if we're, if we're going back to that weather factor now, Lamar Jackson said it earlier this week. He's been questioned about it. He's never played in the snow. Um, and I wonder if that's going to affect, like, when we saw uh, the Titans go up to Green Bay. And the first half of that game, they were very questionable because they just didn't trust their game plan. And they didn't trust that they could put their foot in the snow 
and turn and, and make that, those changes. And they, they only got their offense going in the second half. And I can kind of see that going here. I think the Bills are going to come out ready to play. 16,000 members of Bills Mafia are going to be in the stands. I think that is also going to help with this one. I think the Ravens just had a big emotional win last week against a team that they hate. Uh, Harbaugh, was, Harbaugh was absolutely jacked up after that game. Um, and I just think that Lamar, they got Lamar's playoff win, but they're not ready to, to go on to the next one. As much as I've been hyping up, hyping up the Ravens, I think the Bills are a better team. I think McDermott's going to have them absolutely ready to coach. Um, they're going to they're gonna really force Lamar to throw the ball like the Titans had to last week. Um, they've got way better corners than the Titans do. Trey White is going to lock down their only good receiver in Hollywood Brown. Um, they got to do what they can against Mark Andrews. He could kill them. Um, he could definitely kill them. Um but I just like the Bills to win, like just grit this one out. I think this one's going to be close, and I'm going to take that minus two and a half. I agree. I think this comes down to the last possession. Chris, I mean, there's so many factors in this game. Another factor that we don't often talk about, special teams. Baltimore's probably got the advantage in there, I would say, with Tucker, and, and Duvernay's a pretty electric guy. Um, but it's going to be a factor. There's no question about that. What do you see in this game? Uh, so Baltimore's 11-5-1 against the spread, and uh, Buffalo is 11-6. So I'm not picking either side. <laughs> I'm ah. back, uh, and I'm actually going to take the over 49.5 in this game. Uh, Dan, wow. you've a few times. The, uh, despite popular opinion, cold-weather games have led towards the over-hitting more often uh, than the under. And I just like both of these offenses. Buffalo's defense right now has given up 122 rushing yards a game. Uh, and kind of, you know, uh, a middle-of-the-road pass defense when it comes to, like I said, trying to defend against a guy like Mark Andrews in the tight end. Uh, and then I like when it comes to Baltimore, you know, I like that Baltimore's defense, I should say. Marcus Peters is prone to giving up big plays. And I've seen this connection forming within these last five to six weeks with Marquise Brown and with Lamar Jackson. And I think that is something that can get exposed uh, by uh, Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to take the over. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game, especially if it's close. Um, so give me the uh, over 49-and-a-half. Uh, Interesting, because, yes, that is true, that cold-weather games do. However, this is a cold-weather game with a lot of wind. Yeah. So I, I, I think that you know, I, I would be super careful with this. I, again, on paper, I agree with you. Like I think if this game was... Just a 32-degree game? Like, absolutely, I would I would probably be there with you. Uh, but the fact that there's snow, the fact that there's 17-mile-an-hour winds in this game, that scares the living bejesus out of me with that. Uh, so I can't go total. i got to pick a side here. Like I said, uh, last week it came down to quarterback play. Lamar literally took that game and flipped it on its head in one play. Uh, it, it, it propelled the momentum. And I think he can just, he has the ability to do that in these games. Matt, you talk about the snow. Um, I wonder if the snow and wind affect Josh Allen in his passing deep down the field uh, and what the Ravens want to do with that. The Ravens, they got eaten up by AJ Brown last week a lot, but for the rest of that game, they really, had it on clamps. I mean, they had they had the, the Titans on clamped mode. A, they weren't able to run the ball. That's what the Titans do. The Bills, they don't typically like to do that a ton. But I think, I think that they really had the passing game on clamps in the second half of that game. I wonder if the weather is a factor with Josh Allen as well, especially considering the Ravens do love to run the football. The number one rushing team in the league for a reason. 
And the Bills have a major issue with with running with running game. You look at the Bills defense against the run. They struggled with it. 17th in defensive run efficiency, 27th in rushing success rate on defense. 163 yards per game. That's the third most in the NFL. Four and a half yards a carry. That's what the Bills gave up this year on the run game. And I just think that at the end of the day, one play is all it takes to change the momentum of this game. I hope that it, last week wasn't the Super Bowl for the Ravens, like how it kind of felt against the Titans. Oh, we got our win. We beat that team that we hated. The Bills looked skittish, too. And I wonder if they regroup and reset. This game will be close. I agree with you. I will take the two and a half points, though, with the Ravens. I think that that, that, that is the play here. I'm looking at the money as well in this game and the betting percentages. And uh, as, I, as it stands right now, 55% of the bets are on Buffalo. Baltimore is getting, I believe it's 55% of the, uh, of the money here. Uh, yeah, 55% of the bets are on Buffalo. 55% of the money is on Baltimore. I have to be on the sharp side. I, I think that two and a half, again, it's another bait. It's another bait from the books. That, that the two and a half number, you see it, you look at it, you're like, wow, two and a half. Got to take the bills in that situation. Home, home. can't do it, dude. Can't do it. I'm going to take the Ravens. This is another inter- super interesting line, though, because, again, like I said, started at three. Ravens got hammered all the way down, but then when it got to, it did show like minus one or minus one and a half, and mm. quickly the Buffalo money came back in. This, this, I mean, this is the closest matchup of the week for me because, again, like you said, there's just so many. It's like who's going to be able to dictate their game on each sides of like offense and defense. It's just like there's so many. It could go either way in this one. So I, I think that you've just seen. I think you're going to see a lot of money on both sides. Uh, I don't, you know, I just don't know if there's quite the. The, the sharp side or not on this one. Um, and I did want to bring up um, one thing. You, you mentioning the run game. I think, you know, I just think, I think Tredavious White is going to be so big and locking down. If he can shadow, they, he doesn't usually shadow this year, but if he shadows Hollywood Brown and locks down kind of his one, Lamar's one weapon that he really likes as far as a wide receiver, um, I think that the safeties are going to be able to come play down in the box more. I think Poyer and, and, um, and Micah Hyde were awesome last week. Um, as much as they gave up a ton of yards, they got killed by the tight end position and they got killed right. by Pittman in the slot. And I don't think that the Ravens have that Pittman kind of like big body in the slot outside of Mark Andrews, you know, some, and then some slower tight ends. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to stress the field as much. And I just think that they're, they're really going to challenge Lamar throwing the ball in this game. They're going to, they're going to need help from miles Boykin. They're going to need help from Dez. I think that's, that's definitely going to be needed. Dez versus Josh Norman. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. <laughs> what a, a old school in, NFC in, East in matchup there. God, oh my, we didn't think we'd see that five years ago and this year, but, uh, but the bills against the tight ends. I mean, how many times did Philip Rivers just hit a tight end on third down? I mean, every time, the Bills, I think, are like in the bottom 10 against tight ends, giving up yards against tight ends. I mean, the strengths of the Ravens' offense go directly against the weaknesses of the Bills' defense. I, I, that's why I see the Ravens probably winning this game. Mark Andrews, I, I just, it's a, it's a difficult slope once you get here. I, I think the Ravens might have found themselves. I, I, we, we hype them up like nobody wants to play them, nobody wants to play them, then we pick against them. Like, it's like, okay. I, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, saying, just saying. You know, I think at some point I I got to believe in that sentiment a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so, this one. That, trust me, this one tears my heartstrings. This I, one tears I agree. my heartstrings. <laughs> it, it is. It is a hard game to pick. There's no question about it. 
Let's go to Sunday, first game of the day. I am surprised that this number is as big as it is. I, I think it is a I think it is a somewhat disrespectful number to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, ten points with Kansas City. Kansas City ten points at home, especially in the fact that Kansas City hasn't covered in what has it been? It's been seven weeks, eight weeks since Kansas City has covered a game. I mean, I I, I can understand on paper why the number is that high. I would have probably thought it'd be somewhere around seven to open, seven, eight in that area. Ten is a big number, 57 and a half points. Big, big number to hit in Kansas City. Is Cleveland going to get too much love this week, though, is the question. I, I wonder that. Um, with Cleveland and Kansas City, it's like, okay, Cleveland had this big win against Pittsburgh. They're better than we think. They can run the ball. They, the Baker hasn't turned the ball over. Now you get the Chiefs. And the Chiefs haven't been the Chiefs, but again, there's still that possibility that they could come out and sling and go 45 points. I mean, it's just a possibility that I think it can happen. So, Maddie, you have the floor. I have no idea. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I think, as, I think what you just said right there, I just think that the Browns, I'm looking at the numbers now, Browns 54% of the bets, 59% of the money, the Chiefs haven't covered. You have to take the Chiefs. Mm. I mean, the Browns secondary is so horrible. And, and and they can't defend tight ends. Travis Kelsey could have 250 yards by himself this game. I, I just don't see how they slow them down on offense. Now, the one way that they could stay within this 10 number is if they keep if the Browns keep it up on their side of the ball because the Chiefs are horrible against the run. I mean, if they take Kareem Hunt and they take I'll bet. No, I was taking. I have the Browns written down. You scared me off. <laughs> the money is scaring me. Is it Joe Public? Is it not? I'm so all over the place in this game because the Browns can run the ball down their throat all game long and stay close. And this game could be an over game. Um, and you would think that over game, over game, the Chiefs would probably win. But I just think that the Browns are going to be able. Baker hasn't been getting the respect that maybe he deserves. Uh, we're taking the Chiefs. We're taking the Chiefs. We're taking the Chiefs. We're taking the Chiefs. <laughs> taking the Chiefs. I don't know. I don't know. This game's horrible. I hate this game. I was thinking he's like, he's going to pass. Pass it. Bop it. Go. <laughs> I want to pass it. It's just one of those things. I think you have to be on the side of the books with the Chiefs. If the, the, the book wants the, the Chiefs to win, that's a good side to be on. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think you're right. I think this this and the time slot makes me think this is the snoozer game of the week. This is the Chiefs just blow them out. It's not even close. I think that they're embarrassed. Um, Yeah. Hey, that's it. Hmm. I I like it. I like it. Chris, I mean, I'm thinking about time slot now and seeing that game. And to me, I could see this game probably, if this was the game, I feel like it's usually, oh, we're going to hype, hype, hype Brady and Breeze, hype Brady and Breeze, everybody's going to watch that. And maybe that game underwhelms and this game overperforms. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of tilting with that myself. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think, especially because we've already, not that the Sunday night game isn't a good game. We've seen it twice this year already. This is the game that I'm honestly the most interested in because it's like, this is, are the Browns for real this year game? And can we kind of trust them going forward these next, you know, going into next year? Like, even if they lose and they keep it interesting, they keep it close. Like, all right, though, this Browns team is legit. 
And I really, I kind of actually really like the Browns getting the 10 points here. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a two score game, and this is a divisional round playoffs. Um, per Action Network, since 2004, <laughs> divisional round dogs are 22 11 and 1 against the spread against number one seeds. Browns are 3 and 2 as road dogs this year, and Kansas City, Dan, like you alluded to, is 1 and 7 against the spread in their last eight games. Also, just another little tidbit 11 plus win, double digit dogs. In the playoffs since 1997, are eight and one against the spread. Oh, that's a great stat. That's uh, again for our friends stat. at the Action Network. Um, and I, I think uh, you know we're forgetting they're getting Kevin Stefanski back this week. And 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 we talked about a lot last week how Kevin Stefanski is kind of he's kind of I feel like the gas that makes the car go in Cleveland. And we saw in. The Chiefs' one real loss, you know, not counting Week 17 against the Raiders. I think that's the exact game plan that the Browns are going to have to impart. It's just you're just going to have to run the ball, which they can with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, have long drives, and just keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And I think if they do that, and I think they definitely can do that, that can easily keep them within this 10-point number. It's such a big number. It's a double-digit number. That's two scores, I think. The Browns can very easily keep it within that number by running the ball with Nick Chubb, who's arguably, I would even say, second or third best running back in the league right now. Um, and that, and Baker Mayfield, as long as Baker doesn't get under pressure consistently, I think the Browns can can kind of control the pace of this game and keep it close. While you talk about pressure, Joe Petonio is also back this week. Yes. That's a big that's a big factor for the Browns as well. I look at this game in a way that, you know, I think Cleveland has been very hype, obviously, and, and I give up. I, I mean, I, I really do. I mean, I've disrespected them all year long. I think they deserve all the respect now for what they've done. Like, I, I think, again, we got fooled by the jerseys. I think that's, I think that's what happened. To me in this game, we're going to find out this one question that I've been waiting to find out. And my question is, were the Chiefs just bored? playing this year that's my question i, I want to know are they like the warriors where they're they're just gonna you know kind of coast the regular season yeah they're great they're gonna be the one seed yeah but maybe they don't look as great there's drama around them you know draymond and kd and those 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 uh those warrior teams and at the end of the day they just go out in the playoffs and they just dominate i mean i, I just I, I think that that could be a parallel to what the chiefs might do this week because, like you said, Matt, I, I don't see Cleveland really being able to stop them on offense. Um, there's firepower all around. They're at home. There'll be fans there. And I love Cleveland. I, I, I think that Cleveland now, like, I'm a believer, like, absolutely. And I think that this could be this could be a definitely a close game. I, I just think, like I said, Ben, I, I just think the Chiefs turn it on now. Uh, you remember last year when they got the number two seed? The last week of the season, the Patriots gave them a favor, right? They get the bye, and what happens? They go down 24 nothing to Houston. I think they're going to remember that game. I think they're going to remember that game, and they're going to be like, not this time. We're coming out, and we're firing on all cylinders, and you try to stop us. And I think at the end of the day, whether this game goes 45-30 or, or, or you know, 48-28, you know, something crazy like that, I think you could definitely see an over in this game. Definitely see an over. I won't the Chiefs on the show. I think they will cover. I will take the over. I will take the 57 and a half. 
on the show. That'll be my show pick because I think the Chiefs will score a million points in this game. A million points. And I think that the Browns will will get there. So I will go over 57 and a half. That's my number. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm working through that game. I'm like, it, again, it feels like, again, you said the, um, you know, the trap lines in some of these games. Um, as you brought up how the Browns might be the popular pick, the line opened at nine and a half. It moved towards, it moved away from Kansas City, even though Cleveland's getting all the bets. Mm-hmm. They are wanting the public to be all over Cleveland. They want the public to be all over Cleveland on that 10 number. They'll, they'll probably bring it down closer to game time. Game day, it'll probably hit nine, nine and a half, and the Chiefs will get smacked again, and it'll, it'll go right back up to 10. Uh, yeah, I just, I think, you, I, as I work through it, I'm like, I got to be uncomfortable in this. Nobody wants to take the Chiefs. You have to take the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I, think, you, I think you do. I think that's the right play is the Chiefs. I, 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 when you're talking about from a money standpoint, I'm reluctant to take the over, but again, like I said, I just don't, I, I think the Chiefs turn it on. Like I think, they should they well, should score forty eight like you said they, they should score four I mean what they did in the playoffs last year like they don't start early like you know they get down seventeen seven to Tennessee they get down twenty four nothing Houston and they still score forty plus points in three quarters I mean it's insane it's absolutely insane I think it's the same recipe this year and, and they're incredibly healthy while the Browns have the longest injury report out of any team in the playoffs this week three members of their offensive line all questionable Treader. Uh, uh, Treader, uh, Teller, and Conklin, all questionable. Obviously, they're all going to play, I think, but they're all going to be hampered. Mm, mm. I, 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 this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. There's no question. Um, yes. And, <laughs> you were gonna and, say- and the cherry on top. No, I was going to get to the next one. This is the oh, cherry oh, on top yes. of the whole weekend. Oh, man. This is like uh, this is like Noah versus Moses. Is what they're calling him. Uh, like. Tom Brady and Drew Brees, 40-year-old quarterbacks, 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks, for the third time this year in New Orleans for the right to play in the NFC Championship game. Can it get any more high stakes than this? The Bucs obviously lost the first two matchups. We know this. Um, going back to 1990, 12 of the 17 times that we have the third matchup in the playoffs, 12 of the 17 times the team that won twice won the third matchup. 12 of 17. So they say it's hard to beat a team three times. It ain't that hard. <laughs> it's like, it's never, it hasn't happened since the 2007 Giants beat the Cowboys in the divisional game. That was the, that's my teammate, that's my quarterback, T.O. game. Um, this is fascinating. I mean, absolutely fascinating. The number is right on three. It couldn't get anywhere else. I mean, you can't even move that number. I don't think it just gets hammered either way. Opened at three and a half gets bet down to three. Uh, I think that's the perfect number for this game. I think the sharps are, or the, the books are right on it. 52 is the over under. Might have to just sit back and watch this game. But if you're going to take a bet, what are you taking? Chris? I'm going under 52. I'm following the trend that I had last week with the Saints and the under. Uh, and they're, you know, Dan, you've talked about this before, but the Saints just seem like a different team in the playoffs and not usually in a in a good way. Um, so far, all four uh, New Orleans playoff games since 2018 have gone under the total. Um, I think this Tampa defense will have learned something 
from their previous two matchups this year where they did give up a lot of points. They have a really solid defense still, and they do have a really good run defense that I think they can attempt to kind of contain Alvin Kamara. You saw what the Bears defense was able to do last uh, last week. And then you look at the Saints side of the ball, and they have an absolutely phenomenal defense, arguably the best defense in the NFL this year. 52 is still a pretty high number. And when you're getting to a, you know, divisional matchups are usually tight, and you're getting to the third meeting between these teams this year. They both know each other really well now at this point. I expect that to keep it close, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So I'm going to take that Saints-Bucks under 52. Saints-Bucks under 52. So no decision made, just a maybe not as high-scoring affair, we'll say that. Dan, I want your take on this one. Okay, that's where I was going. I was going to save you for last. (laughs) There is a obviously growing belief that that this is probably going to be Drew Brees' last game. I think that's 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 uh, last game, last ride with the Saints. I should say, couldn't say last game because they could obviously win this game. Um, with the Saints, I think that obviously we know what we're going to get. We're going to get a heavy dose of Kamara. I think Michael Thomas coming back into the equation really helps a lot. Um, I don't think it helps either team that they played quarterbacks that were subpar, let's say, last week. Now, Taylor Heineke had a great game for Tampa Bay. Uh, let's, let's not say that. I mean, he, he did have a great game. But were they hyped up for these elite-level talent, I'm saying? Neither offense was very good. I mean, they played the Bears. They played the Washington football team. Neither of those offenses are very good. So I think we're going to get a fresh look at these teams. Um, nobody has been playing better defense, I think, on one side than the Saints. Nobody has been playing better offense than the Bucks. I think the Bucks, especially Brady, has been lights out on fire the last few weeks. So that's obviously the matchup we're going to look at. Um, to me, at the end of the day, there is one thing that is different about this game than the other two. The one thing that's different is that the Saints are going to probably be able to cover Mike Evans. They've done a really good job in that and Mike Evans has not had success against the Saints. They might be able to cover Chris Godwin. They might even be able to cover Gronk and the tight ends. Go back to that man, Antonio Brown. Didn't play in the first matchup. First game back with the Bucks in the second matchup. I think if the Bucks are going to win this game, Antonio Brown's going to eat people for lunch. I I really do. I think that if if they want to feed that man as much as humanly possible. But I don't think the Saints can cover all of them. I really don't. With him added, I think it just gives the Bucks a level of dimension that that they can exploit any team they play offensively. Now the Saints are going to get theirs. Like Alvin Kamara is is obviously going to be the main cog in the wheel. That's the thing the Bucks are going to stop. Can the Bucks get pressure on Breeze? I think Breeze the last few weeks of the season has aged in a way that pressure might be a little bit more of a factor for him in terms of him being able to throw the football accurately uh, coming up in this game. So 
Hard to beat a three team three times? Not really. What happens when you play Tom Brady three times? I don't think it's very easy to beat Tom Brady three times in one season. I think he is going to will this bend this game to his will. And I think the Bucks win the game. So I will take the Bucks plus three. I will take the Bucks on the money line. And I, we will get Brady and Rodgers what we deserve in NFC Championship weekend. Maddie, I'm ready. Boy, oh boy. I didn't know where you were going with that soliloquy you just had there. That was, it was, are we going to the over? Are we going to the under? Are we going to the Saints? Are we going to the Bucks? I had no clue. That was a Got to keep, keep you on your toes. This game, I mean, everything that you highlighted there, I think, I, I just think both of these offenses are going to be able to do what they, they want to be able to do in this game. Because I think, like you said, the Bucks should have uh, more offensive success than they had last time. Um, they, the last game, I was actually just looking um, because Warren Sharp uh, was giving out some some stats on what Tampa Bay had changed as far as th- when they were running the ball more on first down. Um, early in the season, they were up to about, uh, you know, early season, they were up around 55 to 60% runs on first down. Um, and then after the bye week, um, after the Minnesota game where Dan Bailey missed every kick um, of the game, um, went to a 68% or yeah, 68% pass on first rate. And again, that's when they started getting Antonio Brown involved in the offense. Uh, Evans and 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 Godwin were healthy because they both struggled with um, injuries throughout the year, um, and they also got Ali Marpet back, one of the best guards in the league, um, mm. as far as helping protect Brady um, from that pressure. But I just don't know if the Bucks can slow down the Saints uh, on offense. The last game, Breeze was eighty-one percent passing for four touchdowns last game. I mean, he was picking them apart. And like you said, Michael Thomas being back, the full way array of wide receivers. Um, I am going to just take the over in this game. It's I, I'm kind of on the I'm on the, definitely on the public side on this one. Seventy six percent of the bets are on the over, and then seventy five percent of the money are on the under. I don't know. That's such a large disparity, though. I just that that's really weird to me. I get that this game, you know, obviously, and in the third game, third games usually do go under, but this one's being played in the dome. I just think that. Brady's going to be working. I think Breeze is going to be working. And postseason dome games are 29 and 13 to the under for a very nice 69%. So we will take over 52 in this game, which I think is going to be, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. You think it's going to be a bloodbath in terms of points? Points. A points bloodbath. Okay. I think this is a, <laughs> yeah, this game could be, let's we'll, we'll say 43 to 40. Now, probably not that high. 32 to 35. I think it's going to be right on the number. And I don't I like know. 40. I don't know who wins. <laughs> <laughs> I like forty-three to forty. That's a that's a funky score. Um, yeah. I, I listen. As much as I want to factor in the last games, and I do, like eventually, like the Bucks have to learn something from that offense. Like I think the Saints will get theirs. Like they clearly will. Like I, I I don't disagree with you, but I think the Bucks have to learn something from 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 what they were not able to do. The thing that they did do well was they've limited the amount of yards that Breeze was throwing, but they got down so quick and that offense was just so out of sync that they never gave the, the defense was never able to give the offense a chance. You know what I mean? Like and because the offense was so terrible. And I think adding Antonio Brown into that offense just makes it a dimension that be unstoppable in this game. I, I really, really believe that. As good as the Saints are, I think that the Bucks are just gonna get whatever they want. And I think Brady's gonna be so laser focused in this game. And again, we're going regular season Saints versus playoff Saints. And this is the time of year where that happens. 
I just think that this is the game because last week was it was never going to happen. I, I, as much as I wanted to believe it, I, in my heart of hearts, it was never going to happen that the Bears were going to win that game. They had a chance early. It was never going to happen. This is is the moment I think where when you face Tom Brady, it's a different animal. It's just a different animal. He's he's on a different level when he gets in these in these games. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great weekend of football, gentlemen. Before we get into the specials, I got a question for you. Um, so six teams were eliminated from the playoffs last week. Washington has Ron Rivera. He's a first-year head coach. Okay. Frank Reich is a great coach. We know that the Colts are going to retain him. Um, and then the other team that lost last weekend, uh, why am I blanking on the team that it's, lost this weekend? Obviously, we had the Steelers. We had the Seahawks. We had the Steelers. We had the Seahawks. Bears, right? Titans. Obviously. Um, Bears. And the Bears and the Titans. Frable, obviously, he's not going to get fired. The other three. I was going to ask you this question. Those three coaches, um, of those three, and we can make it of the six if you really think, but I just don't think those other teams are going to, are going to make changes. Which coach of Nagy, Carroll, Tomlin should be on the hot seat next, next year, at least next year? I think there's an easy answer to this, but is that, there's not necessarily a right answer to this. So, Chris, I want to hear what you have to say. I think the easy answer is is obviously Nagy. Um, you know he's kind of been on the hot seat. I feel like for the last few years anyway. But you know, as, as you were talking and and kind of uh, you know even just lately, I've been thinking just, uh, Mike Tomlin. Hmm. They haven't really done anything, you know, since they won back in what when they beat Arizona. I think it was the last time they won won the Super Bowl. You know, they lost to the the Packers back in uh, in 2012 but they I mean they really haven't been able to reach that pinnacle since then um and then with how this season ended uh the regular season and then obviously the way it ended ended with the, that loss to the Browns um I, I think if you're the Pittsburgh management I think you have to take a look and see where this team is headed as a whole and I think you need to be ready to hit the reset button and enter that rebuild as obviously Big Ben is not uh, getting any younger, um, and they don't exactly have a super young team to begin with. So I think Mike Tomlin, you know, if they go out next year, and you know, even if they maybe make the playoffs but have another situation where they lose in that first round or they don't win the division or something like that, I think you got to take a look and be like, all right, this guy's been here now for you know almost fifteen years, whatever it's been, and they they won the Super Bowl many moons ago and then we're in one quite a while ago i think you have to take a look and be like all right we've we have to hit the reset button and that means everyone you know not not just on the 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 players but on the coaches as well yeah chris i agree i was just looking up to he's been there since 2007 mike tomlin i was just thinking the same thing it's like you know and the steelers are obviously just notorious for not firing coaches because how how long was uh uh, was what's his name in there before before then you had bill they've had yeah. They've had three three coaches in, in 50 years. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, maybe it is time, because especially because it feels like it's a whole era change for them. But really, I mean, Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy couldn't have had his team, like, less prepared this year. I mean, he he's – I just don't know what he's doing with his offense. He's just way too cute. Like, he's way too cute with his offensive play calling. They got to figure out – I mean, I guess they're bringing Mitch back. But, like, I don't know. Like, is, and we're going to keep – just going to do Matt, Nag, Matt Nagy and Mitch again? Like, again? Like it just feels it just feels silly. So I I think they should the Pittsburgh Steelers should definitely take a look at Tomlin. But I mean, really, like Matt Nagy, come on. As a Nagy's the easy answer, but Tomlin's like the mm, 
Maybe. Yeah. He he is the easy answer. There's no question about that. But before the Bears got Matt Nagy, what were they doing? I mean, they hadn't made the playoffs since 2010. They've made the playoffs two of the last three years and have a division title. Mm. I mean, you think about that. I mean, most teams would take that. He's not a great coach. I agree with you. Absolutely not. He's not. But I, I would think Nagy at least has earned himself at least another year. To me, I'm actually on the other end of all you guys. I'm on Pete Carroll. I, I, I really believe that. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. Ever. Pete Carroll is, we're now talking six, seven years removed from being in a Super Bowl. Eight years removed from winning one, right? The last five seasons for Pete Carroll, he, in 2000, last, this year, lost in the wild card round. Last year, lost in the divisional round, beat the Josh McCown Eagles in the first round of the playoffs. The year before that, lost in the wild card round. The year before that, they missed the playoffs. The year before that, lost in the divisional round. They've had teams that have that have had these great successes. They've had the great quarterback. They have they have what's supposed to be this defense of wizard that Pete Carroll is. That's what that's what he was brought in to do. I mean, he's he is a defensive kind of genius, if you will, with a great quarterback. And now he would be eight years removed from a Super Bowl title. That's the same amount of years as Mike McCarthy was removed from a Super Bowl title when he was fired from the Packers. And on top of that, Mike McCarthy was missing Aaron Rodgers for a year and missed the playoffs. Pete Carroll missed the playoffs with Russell Wilson, I mean, in, in the last five years. That resume, to me, looks like a Bill O'Brien resume, where you're winning divisions and you're winning you know, with a quarterback and you just can't get over the hump. They haven't been to the conference championship game since 2014. The guy is 70 years old. He's old. I mean, he's really old. They just signed John Schneider to, a, to an extension. I, I think at this point in juncture, I think Seattle, if they go out and they, they, they either miss the playoffs or just make it and they lose in the wild card again, man, I, I think they got to take a real hard look in the mirror because Carroll is not young. He is not a young dude. He is, he is definitely old. They have, they have the rebuild. They have the pieces in, build to, pieces in place to build while they're successful with Russell Wilson. How much longer are you going to let Russell Wilson just sit there and, and, and lose in these games and, and not maybe get him the offensive line help or the de- defensive help that, that they require? I mean, it, just, it needs to happen. But I would say Pete Carroll is the guy that actually belongs in the hot seat. Um, Let's go to the specials before we get out of here. Chris, another super, super or divisional weekend. Another super. We got, uh, you know, Matt even talked about this earlier, kind of you can tease the Packers. You can get them in the super at plus three and a half. So even if the Rams do pull off the upset at the Frozen Tundra, uh, you can, I'm assuming, I can't imagine them winning by more than three points. Um, and then I like the Browns plus 20. I think they could keep within that number. I think that's a great number for a super, even a teaser that I get it to 17. Uh, you know, so I really, that number, obviously. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't want to go with the over with that, that Bills Ravens game. That's kind of my, I think the weakest of all the picks I have. Um, so we're going to go with the saints under 62. 
So I think hmm. we can get that number up to 62. Uh, we've got a shot to kind of stay under there. You know, it's a 28, you know, 24 kind of game. Um, so give me, give me, give me the Saints under 62. So, so are you saying? So you're saying you like Browns money line then? If you're not going to take the Chiefs to win on a super, Love then you must like the Browns money line. Browns money line plus 380. There you go. Okay. 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 <laughs> That's a that's a bold line statement. I love it. Browns money line from Chris. Uh, Matt, let's go with you next. Let's do the magic money line parlay, and then we'll talk some props. So I don't I don't have a parlay. I really don't. Uh, just okay. because because there's four games. Uh, you know, I mean, I didn't really pick the the dogs. I picked. I don't necessarily like to win outright. Again, I don't like the Rams to win outright. I agree with what Chris said about the three and, Packers at three and a half and a super. That's that makes perfect sense to me. Um, so let's just go right into the props. I, I have a prop in, in that very first game that I like maybe the best out of the weekend. I've got, I've got a couple. So Cam Akers, I think, is going to be a huge factor in this game, right? Because you don't want to have the ball in Jared Goff's broken uh, pinned thumb. Um, Cam Akers' rushing prop, rushing attempts right now, is at 16 and a half. And past games for Cam Akers, he's had 28 attempts, 21 attempts, 15 against the Jets when he got hurt, 29 and 21. I mean, Cam Akers is going to be heavily involved in this game as long as they don't fall behind too early. Even if they do, I think that's what they got to do is pound the rock. So I love Cam Akers over 16 and a half rushing attempts. Um, and then to Kansas City, we said, if the Browns have one weakness on defense, which there's a lot of weaknesses, they cannot cover tight ends. Travis Kelsey over seven and a half receptions. I mean, give it to me. He is going to be, he's the first down machine. He's the dry, he keeps drives alive. It's going to be, you know, I, I looked at his, his yards are tough because his yards are 88 and a half. I don't want to, you know, he could easily go over that, but I think seven and a half on the receptions uh, over that, I think he gets at least eight catches this game. I love it. Absolutely love it. I love Travis Kelsey there. I actually have some props myself and I have money on parlay and I have a teaser. So I can combine all three. Bring it all to us. I'll bring it all to you. I, I like Aaron Jones on the 69 and a half. Uh, rushing yards. As I said, I think that he's going to be the big factor in this game. I, I think that, that that number there to me, Aaron Jones is capable in these games sometimes of popping off big runs uh, of 20, 30, even sometimes 60 yards for touchdowns. I think that it, that is a major, major play for me is Aaron Jones. And, and the other one, I, I, again, I'm going to go to the woodshed here. I, I'm going to take Antonio Brown touchdown, which I think is at like plus 185 or plus 160. I can't remember what, what number it's at, but it's a decent number enough to the point where I would take Antonio Brown scoring a touchdown in this game. I I, I really believe that. I kind of hinted at some of my props this week. Um, I love Travis Kelsey too. I, I think Travis Kelsey yards and catches, I'm all in. I mean, I am all in on Travis Kelsey with, with that. Um, Bill's, Buff, Bill's Ravens was a harder one to find. I'm going to go under rece- receptions for Cole Beasley. I think that that's going to be one... That uh, I, which I think is either two and a half or three and a half. I'd have to double check again, but I think Cole Beasley is not right. He's 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 clearly banged up, even from last week. Uh, just looking at it now, it's four and a half. So I will I will take the under uh, four and a half in catches for Cole Beasley this week. I just don't. Th- I think the I think the Ravens will t- take him out of the game, I, I, especially with his with his injuries. Uh, the teaser that I like, Chris. I love the Packers. Um, this week, just a half a point. You're going to get them right on. It's Packers money line, so I'll take them. Packers to win outright. Uh, Baltimore plus nine and a half. I'll take that on a teaser, on the seven-point teaser. I think that game is close, 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 like, like we said, all season long. And, I, and I'm crazy 
but I, I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns plus 17. I think that the, the, the 17 points, I really do. I, I think that they'll keep it within that number. I don't think 17 is attainable for, for Kansas City. I think they'll score a ton of points. I think the Browns will get theirs. Like I said, I said, I think this game is going over. I can see this game like a 45 to 30, 45, 31 type of game that, that just goes crazy. I think the I think the Browns can score on the Chiefs. I really do. So I'll go plus seventeen with the Browns. I know that's a scary one. Uh, and then real quick on the money line parlay, Bucks and Ravens. Bucks and Ravens to go on the money line parlay. I think the the best one I can do. I I think both of those teams are winning this weekend. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I think that's the way to go if you're doing it. Like as far as because again, I I just don't see. I don't really see the Browns or Rams as live dogs. I see I, probably the Rams a little bit more. And again, maybe I'm just overlooking. Maybe it should be on Chris's you know, money line plus 380 for the Browns. Um, I, man, I can't believe you guys are going that way in the teaser. I just for, for me in the teaser, I'd much rather take the probability of Kansas City winning by at least four points versus the Browns possibly getting embarrassed. I mean, we've talked about how bad their secondary is. I, I think the probability that the, the Browns stay within seven is, is – uh, Less likely than the Chiefs winning by twenty-one. Ha, huh. that's a that's a big it's a big thing to say. I mean, you could go Chiefs minus three. I, I think that that I, I mean, just think that seems so much safer to me. That that, that is a safe pick. I, I agree with you. I could just you know how much I, as much as I've disrespected the Browns, I can't touch the Tampa Bay New Orleans game for some reason. Like I go Tampa plus ten, but like it, I could also I don't know. Like it's it's I I think the Bucks are going to win that game, but it's just I don't know. It's something something about that game makes me uneasy. Um, well, when you see the Bucks get blown up by thirty-five, yeah, you have a maybe yeah, hard time. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a factor. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. Lou, one pick this week, buddy. Who you got? One pick. You know, you made me pick last week, and I wanted the ugliest Super Bowl of all time between the uh, football team and the Browns, but that didn't Both work covered. out. Both covered. Both covered. So it's fine. Yes, yes they did. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I really. Ah, man, I don't want to pick against the Chiefs, but I like the Browns' money line, too. That <laughs> plus is such a uh, – you know, I'm looking at Juju Smith-Schuster with the TikTok and Chase Claypool talking smack about the Browns, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, these are grown men who get paid to play football. They might go out and surprise the world. They might do it. I don't know if it's going to happen. So let's take the Browns plus 10. I okay. Like Browns <laughs> plus 10 from the Lemon Pepper Lou. Can you imagine if we had a Cleveland Buffalo AFC title game? How those two cities are gonna butt heads? Or, or Cleveland versus the Ravens? AFC North. Yep. Just a little rematch. A little rematch. And that was the best game of the year, Monday night. I mean, that was that was an incredible game. Yeah, and then and then obviously on the NFC side, if I think again, I, I don't want to discredit the Rams too much, but if we get the Packers versus either of those two guys. That's a great NFC championship. I, I'm I'm done with Rogers Breeze. I've seen it a million times in the in the regular season. I want Rogers will Rogers. smack him around. I, I think he will. Rogers Brady. That if I don't get that, I will be massively disappointed. Like massively disappointed. That's yeah. what I want. That's what. Ooh, feel with it. Good. Saturday can't come soon enough. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturday. And if you miss all three of those, don't worry. 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, we'll be right back on the show. For our producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, and for Matty Ice, Matty C. Matt Silbert, and for Christopher Raza, I'm Dan Zampano. Enjoy the football. 
best weekend of the year. Thank you for listening to The Sunday Car.